Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikova. With me is Benjamin Solak on a beautiful Fan Friday edition of Locked On NFL Draft. I got some energy today because we got some great questions. Y'all flooded us with questions, which means either you like the podcast or it just happens to be draft season or hopefully it's a little bit of both. But whatever it is, you guys really got in on this show. So we want to get to as many great questions as we possibly can before we start. Ben, my friend, how are you? Everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. Uh, Jamar Jefferson ran a four five five, which means Ben that you owe Publix me chicken tender sub, which is delicious. A like Publix everything. chicken tender sub. I told no. you. I no. You I know what? No. You know what? No. You know what? No. You know. You know what? You know what? I'm not going to celebrate a guy having a bad pro day. I'm not going to do it. I wish you would have at least ran another time besides the exact time you predicted. That would have been ideal. Mm, you know, but then. I wouldn't have been right, and now I am right. And so, yeah, that's how that works. As I was going to be all along. So, I mean, like, it couldn't have gone another way, because, like, how else would I have been right? Because I'm always going to be right on it. 4-4-3 in 2019, a 4-4-3 in 2020, and then a (laughs) 4-5-5 in 2021. Punch myself in the face. Uh, I'm not going to celebrate a Brad Pro Day, but I will enjoy every single bite of that Buffalo chicken tender sub. Now we got to have another bet. Now we got to get another bet on it for for the listeners to point out because I saw his results simply because y'all tagged me so many times in the tweet. That's the only reason why I even saw the results because you guys were tagging me in it. So appreciate it. I'm going to enjoy that sandwich for you guys. Ben, you ready to get to these questions? Yeah, I'll set it. Okay. Matan said this one. This was a really good one, and it could take a little bit of time. This is a Fan Friday challenge, he said, but I wanted to get this one on uh, at first because I think it could be a fun exercise. He said, we're getting closer to draft day, and the public deserves a, quote, my guy teams from you and Ben. We will use the draft network as our board game with 50 prospects per page. You will each need to use four prospects per page to build out a full Team, defensive scheme is of your choice. Offense must be 11 personnel, obviously. You can feel free to add a nickelback or a flex to make these teams kind of your own flavor. The the caveat here is that we are not going to be using any player in the top 12. So it's four on every single page. If you guys have been over to thedraftnetwork.com, you go over to the prospect rankings database, there's 50 players per page. So Ben and I are going to be taking prospects from pages one through six, four prospects from each page, and we're going to be snake drafting right here, our own, quote, my guys team. Now, I am going to try to keep the spirit of this alive as much as possible. Hopefully, Ben does as well, where I'm not necessarily picking the best team I possibly can, but the guys I really like in this class. Now, of course, with the stipulations, it's not going to be as easy as it can be there but we will try to do that as much as possible so ben do you want to go first or do you want to go second uh i'll leave it up to you i do want to say real quick uh the 12 players that are eliminated 
because they're in the top 12 if yep. you're not looking and you're just you're driving you're listening uh trevor lawrence justin fields and zach wilson are all eliminated uh penny sewell jalen waddle kyle pitts jamar chase caleb farley micah parsons christian darasaw Quiddy Payne and Rashawn Slater, all of them not available. So the best players on TDN's board that are available are such players as Devontae Smith, Elijah Vera Tucker, Jalen Phillips, so on and so forth. Whoa, we have uh, we get, scouting staff is Baron Browning at 18? That they're they dude, you, they wrote a whole public a piece on Baron Browning's linebacker three. They love Baron Browning. Dude, I, I so I was there because they were going over his film when we were down at the HOA Combine, and I was there when they were loving Baron Browning. And so I saw all the reasons why they really enjoyed him and I like him too, but 18, 18 is super high for me. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Wait, everybody stop. Breaking news. Oh, Lord. For this podcast. Oh, Lord. What? Yes. Jalen Hurts just changed his number from two to one in Philadelphia. What are your thoughts? Even though I love the number two, Jalen going back to number one is strong. This and, I, especially because that man was QB2 to start the season. He's QB1 now. <laughs> I think oh I think this raises the ceiling exponentially. Yep. I'm in on Jalen Hurts the starter now. I was a little bit not. Now I am for sure. We're good. Here we okay. go. All right, we're good. We're good here. Okay, do you want to did you say you were giving me me the choice to either start at yeah. one? Dealer's choice. We're going snake draft, obviously. So if you pick two, you also pick three. I will let you go first. Oh man. I didn't want this. I wanted more time to prep. Yeah, I bet you okay. did. I'm taking. Uh, I, I, I feel poorly. I can't claim Trey Lance to be one of my guys because I do have him quarterback four, but I still really, really love Trey Lance, uh, <laughs> as evidenced by the uh, podcast we had on quarterbacks earlier this week. So yes. I'm taking Trey Lance to start my team. I uh, quarterback in North Dakota State. That is one player off of the first board for me. Okay, buddy. Just so you know. I wasn't even going to take Trey Lance because of how giddy you got over him during the quarterback conversation that we had earlier this week on the quarterback episode. I was I was literally just going to leave him for you out of respect for the exercise because you loved him so much. So you taking him off the board. I, I was not going to draft him at all. I was always going to let you have him. My first, my guy, and I'll pick from this first page as well. I'm going to go with Trayvon Merrick, the safety out of TCU. And then I, I think it's only right that I go with Liam Eikenberg, the left tackle from Notre Dame as well. Now, remember, we're not picking the best team. We're picking guys that we are trying to think our my guys here. So so guys that we're really attaching to. So Trayvon Merrick, I think you and I have been pretty big on him for a while now. And then Liam Eikenberg, I feel like I've been on the table for Caping a little bit for quite some time. So I'll go with those two to start. I, I feel like I'm higher on both of those players than you, and I'm very upset that you got both of them. I don't think you're you're higher on Eichenberg than me. Where do you have Eichenberg? I don't know. I got now. I got to pull up the big board. I I, I I don't know. I don't know where I have. I I, I had Eichenberg in my top five. Did you? Yes. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll double check. I on have this. Eichenberg okay. as my 34th overall player. Oh yeah, I've got him above. 34 for sure oh wow okay all right yeah embarrassing i have eichenberg as my ot5 okay uh embarrassing i'm gonna go shut up (laughs) i'm gonna go to uh the second page here so i'm going through prospects 50 through 100 okay uh because i feel like you you start to get more like your guys sort of players outside of the top players uh 
so I'm taking Asante Samuel, corner out of Florida State. Oh, nice. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome. Um, and I will take. Well, I really wanted Eichenberg. He felt like it was my guy. I'm going to take off of page five. Wow. Shy Smith, wide receiver out of South Carolina. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah, he's right. my guy. Okay. Shy Smith. All right. I'm going to stick with page one. I'm going to knock this out. I think I'm higher. I'm, I feel like I'm higher on Javon Holland than a lot of other people. So I feel like that's fair. Uh, Lord, I hope he runs well. We might have Oregon's pro day like while we are recording this podcast, so that might be bad. Um, if, <laughs> if that happens and he actually doesn't run well. And then I'm going to go Landon Dickerson because I have him as a top 10 practice prospect in this class. So I think that that is yeah. fully appropriate. Yeah, no, I wanted to give Landon to you. That felt that feels right to take him would be rude. Actually, can I switch? Can I switch out? Can I switch out Holland for Diami Brown? Because I, me having Brown at wide receiver five, I feel like is more powerful than. Yeah, yeah. Let me just check the rules of drafting. Can you go back and change your pick after you've made it? Hang on, I'm just gonna Google this real quick. Turns out, no. Fine, ever. fine. Javon Holland, Landon Dickerson. Yeah, I mean, you can just go pick him next round. That's not gonna be one of my guys. Um, no, I can't right. anymore because I can only pick four from one page that's why i wanted oh, to switch. they have diami in the top 50 yes this is so tricky because it's like not it's the scouting staff's ranking so i don't really know exactly where they have them uh i'm gonna take up okay. all complaints for the scouting staff interior offensive line page one elijah vera tucker interior offensive line page three quinn miners oh nice yeah, that's a good pick. Nice. You're bouncing. He's just outside the top 100. You're bouncing. You're bouncing around a little bit here. Okay. All right. I'm I going see. after my guys, Trev. Okay. Elijah Molden has to be my guy. This is page I I've looked at Elijah Molden every single round. I'm like, nah, I got to leave him for Trev. Because, <laughs> yeah, because we went through the me having him ranked in the late 20s on my big board and you calling me drunk. <laughs> Unbelievable. <Yeah>. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable insult. And then I'm going to go with Tylen Wallace on page two as well. So... I got Tylen. It's my first wide receiver, and then I've got Elijah Molden. Oh, you got you grabbed Tylen as well. Yep, I just grabbed Tylen. They're the same page. They're on they're on page two. So, hmm. I Ed, want edge rusher is going to be tricky for this, isn't it? I was actually I was just about to look at edge. I think I'm going to make my next. No, no, no! I'm not. I'm gonna wait on it one more round. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta wait on it. Round two, uh-huh. interior defensive line, Tommy Tungi. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I'm literally just bouncing along the positions and just like being like, oh wait, I love that guy, and then just grab. Well, him. I think that's the, I think that's the point of the exercise. So I think right, we're doing exactly. good here. It's good vibes. Um, <laughs> it's good vibes. It is good vibes. Should I take Jamar Jefferson just to be annoying? I, uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, but I feel like it would be very appropriate. He's, I mean, he's he's a page three guy, so it's it's it's. I was about to say good value, and then I realized this is not real. We're making this up as we go along. Um, I have like decision paralysis. Like I have ninety five different ways I could go, and I just don't want to mess it up. All right, yeah. Off of page two. Uh-huh. I'll take Elijah Moore, wide receiver to Ole Miss. Okay. 
Elijah Moore. So is that was that your second selection? Yes. So yeah, I took Tommy yeah, Tungi and Elijah. You Moore. went Tommy Tungi. Okay, I will go Dwayne Eskridge because I feel like I'm higher on him than a lot of people. So I got to go Dwayne Eskridge. This is from page two as well, and then. I feel like I should go Ifatu Melafonwu. No, I will go. I'll go with Tommy Tremble because I feel like I'm higher on Tremble. Oh, yeah? I thought yeah. you said that you ended up lower on Tremble than you thought you were going to. But he's, I guess that, that could still make him like. Right. I mean, guys. like, he's he's lower because I simply thought, and in, in the My Guys exercise, like. I would just love selecting Tommy Tremble. I just felt like he was lower on my big board than I wanted to. Maybe my final big board that I submit at the end of April, he's going to be a lot higher just because I'll look at the mirror and be like, you do, you, you do what's right. You don't listen to those numbers. You do what's right. So maybe I'll do that, but I feel like having Tremble would be smart here. So I'll go with Dwayne Eskridge with my first pick and then Tommy Tremble with my next, and that's, that's all for me on page two. All right. Page three. Edge, a player who I wanted to talk about uh, on the big board pod, I didn't get a chance to. I said Kumbo Ogundeji, the Edge out of nice. uh, Notre Dame. Yep. Who, uh, long, you know, developmental five tech sort of a guy. I like him a fair bit, and I'm getting him on page three, so I'm happy about that. Edge, again, page five, Chauncey Golston. Edge out of Iowa. Okay. Love Chauncey. Three down flyer, long interior sub package interior rusher. So he and Ogan Deji are a nice little running pair there. I've made as many picks on page five as I've made on page one so far. <laughs> You're saying how it. we do it. I mean, I'm just walking through I'm just walking through like guys I like page by page because I feel like it's gonna be just gonna get more difficult when I move on, but I'm not gonna care about it as much. Aaron Banks is on page three, the interior offensive lineman from Notre Dame, and I'm pretty dang high on Aaron Banks. And so I think that that's one that I got to pick there. Chaz Surratt, I also think that I'm pretty high on as one of my guys at linebackers. So I'm going to go Aaron Banks to play interior offensive line. And then Chaz Surratt as my first linebacker that I have here. Mm -hmm. So there we go. That's two on page uh, three. uh, I've decided to do Jamar Jefferson. (laughs) As a bit, <laughs> also not really because I like him a lot. So, uh, page three, Jamar Jefferson, running back at Oregon State. I yeah. like him. I think even the bad pro day, I believe, in the film. Uh, page one, Ooh. offensive tackle. Okay, Tevin Jenkins. Like, bring him into the building, okay. baby. And when All you right. when you talked about Tommy Tremble, like I'm not going to be higher on Jenkins than other guys, and other guys I have him higher. But boy, I'd love to draft Tevin Jenkins. What a good time that'd be. Uh, so Tevin for me is is officially a my guy designation for that reason. I'll take him. I shouldn't have picked Javon Holland because there's too many safeties that I like. Like on page three, I have Ardarius Washington here, and I'm just like Ardarius Washington should be on my team. You giant idiot. Oh, um, ooh. maybe next time. Uh, don't try to make the Holland pick and then try to change it later. You know how I feel about rules. They're very important. Yeah, they're stupid. And I follow them all the time. Uh, Actually, I have to pick Kyle Trask here because I did not pick Mac Jones, actually. So we've got to go with Kyle Trask. Okay. As one of them for page three. And who else is probably... Sage Surratt is on page three. 
Trey Sermon is though, and I feel like I feel like I could pick Trey Sermon literally just because you and I had the debate about Trey Sermon versus Kennedy Brooks during the summer scouting, and I was like, Trey Sermon's good, and you're like, no, he's not. Kennedy Brooks is better, and then. You know, what do you know? Trey Sermon actually was Kennedy good. Brooks Kennedy Brooks wasn't allowed to play football this year, so. Right, right. Yeah, it's not not, not great. You really do talk. Yeah, it's a, you hate to see it. Uh, all right, so I'll go with Trey Sermon. Yeah, why not? I'll go running back there. So we'll go Kyle Trask and then Trey Sermon, and I am done with page three. Page four, my first selection here in the 150 to 200 range. Uh, you already know who it is. The boy, Tony Fields the second. Oh, nice. No, yeah, he's yeah. your dude. I uh, continue to love him. Like, don't know why nobody else does. I think he's great. Uh, oh, should I stay linebacker? No, I, I think I can go cheaper linebacker. I have a I have a page six targeted linebacker. It's so funny because there. we're sitting here like thinking about positional value for a lot of these, and it's just like it actually not doesn't big. matter. We're not picking the best team. Okay, I'm making my last page one pick. Okay, I'm doing it. Okay, corner. Nice. Northwestern. Okay. Nice. Greg Newsom. Yeah, you, you, play, you could definitely take Greg Newsom. Play Asante Samuel and Greg Newsom next to each other. We're going to be unbelievable in zone coverage. Oh, baby. Just call me Mike Zimmer. <laughs> okay, so we are on page four now. Are you just going page by page by page? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm bouncing around. I, I didn't even notice. No, I'm going uniform. I'm picking the better players that I actually like at the top because they didn't want you stealing from me. I would never. I, guess I left multiple players that I knew you liked. I guess I'll go Deontay Brown here. I like Deontay Brown. I actually thought I really wasn't going to like Deontay Brown, and then his 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 tape was actually really good. I thought he moved super well for a player his size. I remember watching him at the Senior Bowl, and it's like, oh, dude, I'm gonna I'm not gonna like this guy at all. And uh, that didn't turn out to be the case. So I will go. Deontay Brown. So I actually really like my interior offensive line. Um, who's a player on page four? I guess Cornell Powell. I mean, I like Cornell. I, I would have rather had. Uh, I would have rather had say Surratt, but I'll go Cornell Powell here. I still like Cornell. Oh, love Cornell Powell. It's a great one. Powell's gonna stick in the league, man. No, I think so too. And he's absolutely rocked TF up. So, just for the listeners now, as a little update as to where we are, uh, Tre- uh, Trevor has selected every offensive position save for one tackle position, and he has a total of four defensive players selected. I do, but they are my guys. I would lie. They are they are my players. Which is actually kind of indicative, right? Like I've been saying, like the defensive trenches in this class are not great. Right. Well, Trevor's like, yeah, I'm not taking anybody. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> guys. Oh, it's a dang shame. All right. I am going to go and take uh, one of my safeties. Mm-hmm. Page two. Okay. James Wiggins, safety out of Cincinnati. Definitely. Because Had to be. I, I would feel bad. That was my last pick on page two. And if I didn't get Wiggins, who I think I'm going to be higher on than everybody, um, that would have been a poor usage of my resources. Joshua Bledsoe is also page two, and that kind of stinks. And Talano Hufanga is page two as well, but I feel like Wiggins is the guy I have to go for there, um, which then means for my second safety, I'm going to go to page four, and I'm going to take Tyree Gillespie, the safety out of Missouri, who is like not my favorite of the Missouri, Missouri safety. This is a great pick, though. Bledsoe, 
But Gillespie's, I think, quite a good player. And also, I think he works nicely with uh, with Wiggins. Because, again, I'm taking this way more seriously than we need to. So those are my safeties. I will go defense on page four with my last two page four selections. Jalen Twyman's going to be one of them because I do have a soft spot in my heart for Jalen Twyman because I talked to him at HOA Combine. He seems like a great dude and he was super motivated and I just don't know what to make of his playing weight and his profile there. Showed up a lot stronger at Pro Day but didn't test as well. We know he's going to play it low. I don't know, man. I just like Jalen Twyman. I hope he plays well in the league. I hope he plays in a great spot that'll let him one gap and just get between the tackles or get between the offensive guards and just let him do damage in the backfield. So I'm going with Jalen Twyman there. And this is a player that I didn't talk about when we went through the interior defensive line, but I've talked with uh, Scott Reynolds at Peter Report, and I've, I've read a bunch of his work when he's he's talked about this guy, Chris Tonga from BYU. Kairis. Kairis Tonga. Love Tonga. He's awesome. Dude, just an absolute house in the middle of the defense. Young man and I is feel like... Shit. Tonga and Tongi I are going to be like my favorite interior defensive linemen in this draft just because they're they're just stout run defenders, but I don't love the pass rush upside of a lot of these players. And so just like give me the beef in the middle. So we're going with Tonga here. So I, I got Jalen Twyman and Tonga. Big Kairis Tonga guy. Love that one. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Ardarius Washington for my flex position. Our Darius Washington is a is a page three player for us at 131. I have Samuel, I have Newsom, I have Wiggins, I have Gillespie. And now for my flex spot, I'm bringing in our Darius Washington. My secondary is freaking sick. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep waiting on wide receiver, I think, because there's just so many guys that you could claim to be your guys. Offensive tackle. That's where we should make sure I go get as Brady Christensen. Freck Brady Christensen's page two by one number. Oh, he's ninety nine. Boy, do you I hate am to see sad. that. You really do hate to see it. Heck me down to Frick. Okay, I don't. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> All right, solve the offensive tackle problem later. Interior offensive line. David Moore, page three. I'm a big David Moore guy. No, 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 no. Page six, baby. Mm-hmm. All right. Kendrick Green, center out of Illinois. Okay. As my dude, who okay. is un- unbelievably fast and also has absolutely no stopping power, but is quick as a whistle on the inside. Uh, those are two picks. Yeah, it's two picks. I got to look so defense did- here. I got to look defense. Wait, let me let me look at page six. Who on page six am I going to be able to get? Derek Brown. Find a freaking tackle. Freaking heck me tackles. Sean Davis. Sean Davis is here on page six. We got Marco Wilson on page six. Wow, we are. We we got Jacoby Stevens on page six. Jacoby, great testing. No, I know. And Jacoby's great, dude. I got to interview him a little bit, so I got to talk to him some. Okay, where is... All right, I'm going even further. Okay. Page seven. I'm going page seven. We're going linebacker Buddy Johnson from Texas A&M, the greatest linebacker aesthetic in all of college football. Google one picture of this guy, and you'll be ready to draft him in the sixth round. I guarantee it. And then I'm going to go with, actually, Joshua Kato, who's got a lot of upside of athleticism, just wasn't on the field a lot for Florida State as an edge rusher. So I'm going with Buddy Johnson and Joshua Kato. It's Kato is his name, right? That's how it's said? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I found my tackle. Okay. I liked Deontay Smith's film a fair bit out of East Carolina. Now, he did not 
test how I would hope he would have tested. 481 short shuttle, 7.963 cone, uh, 29 foot, 29 inch vert, 95 broad, which the jumps aren't too bad. He had an 85 inch wingspan though, 35 inch arms, so we can rock with that. Uh, so he'll play my my tackle position opposite. Love my offensive line. So that's one. Is Marvin Wilson a page three player? Yeah, he is. Oh, but so is Osa Digazua and Darius Stills. Oh, heck. <laughs> All right, of those three guys, yes, Osa's probably the most my guy. Marvin would have been my guy for a long time, but Marvin had a rough year. So I'll take Osa. Yeah, he fits nicely with Tommy. Uh, Osa Digazua to round out my uh, page three picks now, and he'll be my interior defensive rusher. Oh, wow, I have a Digazua and Golston playing different positions, even though body type-wise, they're like, Golston's like three inches taller and like only 12 pounds lighter. It's fine, don't worry about it. I'm going to pick Marco Wilson. From Florida, he's on page five. And then I'm going to pick Kerry Vincent Jr. You said that like it was so surprising. This is Marco Wilson. No, I know, but like Marco Wilson, I mean, a lot of people just hate him because he threw the shoe in the LSU game, but like he's actually a good player. So that's why there was a surprise there. And I'm also going with Kerry Vincent Jr. I have a very short cornerback room, but... um, we're also fast and athletic, so I think we're going to make the most. Oh my gosh, you have an extremely short corner room, but I do too. Like Asante and Ardarius are both under five eleven for me. Yeah, and then I have Newsom as like six one. Okay, so I need a tight end, a wide receiver, and a linebacker, and I have I picks an, on. I need an offensive tackle and an edge rusher. And I, I have picks on page four and page five and page six. I have never felt so powerful. All right, <laughs> wide receivers on page four that I could get. Uh, what failure? Love it. K. John K. Johnson, but I already have two slots. Wait. Oh shoot! I drafted Elijah Moore and Shai Smith. I need somebody tall. Um, Marcus Stevenson. Okay. Simi Fahoko, who absolutely cannot catch, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Adams. Speed. Jonathan Adams from Arkansas State. Tamori and Terry. I could go for. Brandon Smith at Iowa is good jumper. All right. The one who stands out to me most in terms of a, a potential my guy. Seth Williams is available on page four. Yeah, I think I think you got to go Seth here. Not only for being now, yeah, no, not only for being I think one of the better players there, but also a a very enjoyable film watch. Even if I do think he's a limited player, I'm not sure I'd want to make him a pick. But he's a physical dude. He's a he's a aggressive alpha sort of a player. So he's fun to root for. He's fun to watch. Uh, so he'll be my wide receiver, tight end. The earliest I can go now is page five. John Bates is on page five. Everything is going according to plans. John Bates, who I talked about on the tight end podcast for uh, uh, for when we did the positional reviews, is a uh, good height, weight, speed guy, good special teams background, dealt with health problems, but the film was good when he was on the field for Boise. Uh, so good developmental wide tight end, John Bates. All right. For my last edge rusher, I'm going to go with Wyatt Hubert from Kansas State. Hubbard. Give me... Give me all, yeah, yeah. Give me all of the effort. Just give me just 100 miles an hour, 110% effort on every single play. So we'll go with Wyatt as my other edge player, playing opposite Joshua Kando. And then, dude, offensive tackle. I'm, I, I'm just trying to find literally anybody that I wouldn't totally hate at this point. 
I guess this answer is Alaric Jackson, the offensive tackle for Iowa, but I don't love it. I figured we would get to the end of draft and it'd just be like, okay, I guess this guy because of the stipulations of it. So we'll go with Alaric Jackson as my last pick. Once again, I have outplanned Trevor by being responsible with my picks and not leaving all of defense left with exclusively page five and page six players. What did Nick Saban say earlier this week? Defense does not matter. (laughs) Verbatim. Verbatim. All right, now, so on page six, I could take Derek Barnes here because he is a page six player for us. Uh, seems like Barnes is, is going to be a riser. Um, but like I said, I haven't watched him yet. I'm excited to watch him next week. Uh, I will take Coiny Dang out of Cal. I love Coiny Dang. He's a 6'6", 250-pound middle linebacker. Uh, you watch any Pac-12 offense, and you get a... a incidental look at just this massive dude in the middle of of, of cal's defense they blitz him a lot uh which is is concerning so usually means not good in coverage and you'd like for a 6-6 guy with vines which is what dang is to be able to occupy some short zones but he was a a juco recruit uh he was the number one juco recruit two years ago and then he went to cal and they've been doing work with him to get him up to speed he's entering the, the draft now uh he's a developmental day three player he's appropriately ranked on page six for us but uh I would take a swing at this size because he's only done off ball work to this point. You can bring him in. You can try to finish that job. And if it doesn't work, he has pass rusher build and you can move him to an outside linebacker role and let him play a Jack. And then he's going to be a good special teams guy because of the size and because of the height weight speed. So, uh, I like Corny Dang as a day three guy. I would encourage anybody who's gone through and watched most of the major names and want somebody interesting and new who there haven't been many takes about number eight on Cal's defense. A lot of fun. All right, so my team, just to recap it before we get to a break and get to more questions, Kyle Trask, Trey Sermon, Tylen Wallace, Dwayne Eskridge, Cornell Powell, Tommy Tremble, Liam Eikenberg, Alaric Jackson, I guess, Landon Dickerson, Aaron Banks, Deontay Brown, actually love that, Joshua Kendo, Tonga, Twyman, um, Hubert, Chaz Surratt, Buddy Johnson, Elijah Bolden, Marco Wilson, Kerry Vincent Jr., Trayvon Merrick, Javon Holland. I have uh, Trey Lance taking snaps, Jamar Jefferson in the backfield. Uh, they're behind Tevin Jenkins, Deontay Smith, Elijah Vera Tucker, Quinn Miners, and Kendrick Green. Uh, throwing the ball to Elijah Moore, Shai Smith, and Seth Williams. That's a lot of fun. Uh, John Bates as well at tight end. And then on defense, uh, my defensive front, Chauncey Golson, Tommy Tungiai, Osa Digazua, and Adedu Kumbo Ogundeji. We are going to stop the run, buddy. Uh, linebackers, not, Tony Field, the Pointy Dang. Yeah, <laughs> in the modern era. Uh Linebackers, Tony Fields and Coney Dang. Uh, outside corners, Asante Samuel and Greg Newsom with our Darius Washington playing on the inside. James Wiggins and Tyree Gillespie as my safeties. Woo! That was a fun exercise. Took longer than I thought, but that was a fun exercise. We're going to get to as many questions as we possibly can after this break before we tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, NHL, they're all in full swing. Bet Online has you covered for all of the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sports book experts. We'll see you guys after the break. Get all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that question, hopefully you guys enjoyed it, but it did take up a lot of time, so we're going to try to get to as many as we possibly can here throughout these last 30 minutes. Ben, not Ben Solak, different Ben, asked this question, rank these holiday suites 
Easter egg Reese's, Thanksgiving pumpkin pie, Christmas Little Debbie's. Uh, I had no idea what a Christmas Little Debbie was Neither until did I. Neither did I. this thing. Right. It's three. Pumpkin pie, which is extremely good, is two because there's nothing that beats a Reese's, especially on Easter. Uh, that's number one. 100% correct. Zach yeah, asked totally. this next one. Um, what would Thanos's Pro Day numbers be? Right. So if you look it up, uh, Thanos's best mock draftable comparison is Aaron Donald. Uh, Aaron Donald measured in at 6'1", 285. 32 and 5 eighth inch arms, 159 10 yard split, 468 40 yard dash. Jumped 32 and 116, 711 three cone, 439 short shot on 35 wraps on the bench. So just take all of those testing numbers, then take the 61285 and instead extrapolate it onto Thanos' height and weight, uh, which Thanos, according to the internet, is 67985 pounds. So 67985 <laughs> running a 468. Uh, I have, for the 40, I have a. Three four four because it would simply be the amount of time it takes for him to raise his arm and then click the space stone for him to get to the end of the finish line. So I believe that that as I timed oh, wait, it this out, this is a fully kitted. He's allowed to bring the infinity stones. So yeah, it's not think performance so. enhancing. Yeah, no, I think so. No, I, I, it's like I'm, it's like I'm, it's like whenever you know when they line up to the uh, like they get down on the forty yard dash dance at the combine and they have to like adjust their chain right. Like Thanos would have to like line up and like right. adjust his glove and right. get it fitted. Like all right, put his hand down. We're good. Bench press, I have uh, 318 reps just before he gets, you know, tired and just doesn't want to bench anymore. Uh, vertical, I have uh, 29 inches. I don't think that Santos can jump very high. What? But broad, I have 38 feet. So, I mean, like, he makes up for it with, with better explosiveness there. And then three cone, I have as a uh, 781. I just don't think he's very nimble of a guy. Covers a lot of ground with his size, but I just don't think that he's uh, very fluid in bending. Yeah. I really think carrying 985 pounds is going to limit his ability. You know what I mean? Like, you'd like to see him cut a little bit of weight, saying, maybe man. get down that's to 965. Why, you know, like, right, right. That's, that's why I got, like, 29 inches in the vert. That's what I think. <laughs> He's fighting a lot of gravity. Another Ben asked this question. If the Bengals had the choice... Oh, here we go. If the Bengals had the choice, which of these would you prefer? Penny Sewell in round one and Diami Brown in round two or... Jamar Chase in round one, and Liam Eichenberg in round two. He said, if the answer is obviously B, change Diami Brown to Terrace Marshall and see if that changes your answer. So to me, the answer is uh, Chase and Eichenberg. That's what you'd prefer. Uh, Eichenberg has never played on the left side, but you, right side. you don't... No, Eichenberg has always played on the right side. No, wait, 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 wait. I've got to... Please excuse me. Yes, Eichenberg... <laughs> I've only ever played on the left side. No, yes. I apologize. I was getting ahead of myself what I was saying. Uh, you, it's the same issue as Sewell, so you're going to potentially have to move to the right side if you're going to try to keep Jonah Williams on the left side. So you have that problem. But uh, if you're talking about uh, bringing in Liam Eikenberg, who is my 28th-ranked player, mm-hmm. uh, and Jamar Chase, who is five for me, as opposed to Sewell, uh, who I have at four, and then Dami Brown, for me, is, is a little bit further ways down. He's 35. That's better value. The problem is that you can't make the pick at one knowing who you're getting at, at, at two, right? You'd say Chase, right. And and we're going to get Liam Eikenberg. Hope so. But that's not, that's not a guarantee and it never is. Uh, so if it's that grouping, I'll prefer that group. Uh, if it's Sewell and Terrace Marshall, I'd probably prefer that group over everybody else. Uh, 
Terrace Marshall's wide receiver five for me. He's a top 25 player. I love Terrace Marshall. Uh, so, right, these are the ideas that you kind of bounce around. And it's going to be less a conversation of like, well, we like Terrace Marshall, so we're going to wait. It's more going to be a conversation of we like all of Terrace Marshall and uh, Rashad Bateman and Yami Brown and uh, uh, who's another like outside receiver who could be there. Um, Tylen, I don't know, like. We like all those guys who are playing outside for us. So we're going to feel like we can take Sewell here and then get at least one of them in round two. Like it's much more so about your tiers and your grouping and where the class is thick and thin. Um, but it, as opposed to just doing kind of like these isolated players. But uh, if you can get Lee Meikerberg in round two, to me, that that's a starting caliber player. And so that does open up the conversation a little bit. I think Bengals fans are focusing too much on the this or that. And that like, if you make this guy, the pick at number five, then this other player will be available for you in round two. I, I would be picking Penny Sewell and I wouldn't be having any debate about it. Like I like for as good as Jamar Chase is. And I said this yesterday on Twitter, uh, Jamar Chase will objectively make the Bengals offense better. He is a good offensive player. He could be a wide receiver one for you. He has chemistry with Joe Burrow. He automatically makes the Bengals offense better. Jamar Chase would not be in any way a bad pick. I'd pick Penny Sewell and I wouldn't have I would not have a second thought about it. Penny Sewell, yeah. I think that people I think people are not realizing how rare it is for you to get the chance to pick a player like Penny Sewell. How rare that is that you have the opportunity to pick an offensive tackle like Penny Sewell. Jamar Chase is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I think that he's a great prospect. You can get a wide receiver one once every two or three years. You can. That's just that's that's what we've seen over the last few years. And as we've seen recently, the trend of good wide receivers in college football, yeah, I mean, we might have some down years here and there, but like it's not going to end. You can also get really good wide receivers in free agency. Like, yeah, you got to pay more money for them because it's a second contract and it's not a rookie contract, but you can also get really good potential wide receiver ones coming out of free agency as well. You can only get franchise good offensive tackles in the top five, let alone what Penny Sewell has been able to give you and show you at age 18 and 19 years old. I understand that Bengals fans are saying, well, we lo- we would be okay with some of the better tackles later in the draft, but I just, I don't mm-hmm. think it works out that way. If you luck into that, fine. Obviously, it worked out for you. And there's certainly a plan that goes together, so it's not all luck, but you're, ro- you're rolling the dice big time. And if I'm the Bengals, I look at this situation and I say, how often do we get to play- pick a player like Penny Sewell? Because it's not like the Bengals are going to compete for a Super Bowl next year. They're still building this team the way that they need to build them. So... The odds of you being able to pick a pe- a player like Sewell in the future at all whatsoever are a lot less to me than a potential wide receiver that can make a big impact for your team. Right. So that point that you've got there, uh, you know, you're not going to be competing this year. You're 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 still building the team out. To me, like that's what opens up the conversation a little bit, right? Because it's 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 okay. We're not just drafting for one year. We're drafting for three years. If we have Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell as equally graded players, then who we think we can get in round two matters to who we might take in round one. So that I, I believe that to be true. What I don't believe to be true, and what really requires hammering home is that Riley Reef has any sort of impact on anything in the entire world at all. No. Riley Reef is no. Riley Reef is 33 years old this upcoming season. He is on a 1-year deal. It's a 2-year structure. They have a void year next year, but it is a 1-year deal. Uh I I don't know what's going around in Bengals Twitter. I won't claim to have spent diligent hours watching Riley Reef. 
recently, but I've watched enough Riley Reef over the last couple of years in Minnesota to know that this is not an ex- a very high-level player. This is not a big impact by team player. Uh, like If Riley Reef has to start for you, you're going to be okay. But that's not where you want to be as a team. 33-year-old Riley Reef starting for you. So yep. one-year deal, veteran player, not a high-level starter. This is a great move to provide insurance at a position at which you are lacking both starting talent and depth. And I think that ideally, Reef is serving as depth for you. Maybe he's even kicking into guard, which is something that's been talked about before, given his depreciating athleticism and his size. But Reef is an insurance bet. We always talk about going into the draft and not being forced, not being uh, uh, just pigeonholed into one position. And by draft, by signing Reef, you are not forced to take Sewell at five. It gives you the option for Chase. However... When you evaluate the strengths of the team, offensive tackle is still remarkably weaker than wide receiver, at which you have T. Higgins and you have Tyler Boyd. Uh, offensive tackle, especially in Cincinnati, wow, is more important. It, and on a take. Uh, offensive tackle in, in Cincinnati and, and how they're currently playing football is, in my opinion, more important than wide receiver because they're going to live, apparently, in empty sets. And they're going to run the Joe Burrow LSU offense. And that means that you're going to be in 5 vote protection. You need tackles to survive on islands. So that's a, a premium position for most teams. It is now extremely a premium position for you. And me personally, I have Penny Sewell graded above Jamar Chase. It's very close, but that's the player that I prefer. So... All of this, plus I think I can get better wide receivers at the top of round two than I think I can get tackles at the top of round two. Right. It leans me towards, yes, I signed Riley Reef. It gives me flexibility, and I'm going to use that flexibility to evaluate my roster honestly, evaluate my options honestly, and still make the Penny Sewell pick, which I think it should strongly be the case. Yep. Uh, their only hang-up is if you want to leave Tyler Boyd as a permanent slot, which is what he's been, he's been a big slot, then you want a receiver who can start on the outside, and it's going to be harder to find receivers who are outside guys in this particular class at right. the top of round two right. versus slots. But even then, and, get him in the building and figure it out. Right, and and I don't like looking too far ahead because, yes, you want to, you, you want to plan ahead, but sometimes it's hard to make those decisions. But you can get a wide receiver. Like, like for the wide receiver position, you don't have to just look at this year. You don't even have to look at like next year's draft class. I feel like you there are there are multiple instances in which every team in the NFL could have fair game to get a potential wide receiver one once at least every three years. It's just the way that there's so many good guys. There's so many good players. There's so many wide receivers that could even hit the open market. The odds of you getting a wide receiver one over the next, let's even say two years to where the Bengals are hoping that they're starting their winning window and they're competing for playoffs and they might be making deep playoff runs. I don't know. Let's say best case scenario, that's the case. You are never going to have the chance again to pick a player as good as Ben Sewell. No way. But I guarantee that you're going to have at least one, if not multiple chances over the next three years to get a wide receiver one. That's... Now, if you think that Chase is unbelievably rare as a wide receiver, okay, sure. Like, that's now you have the debate. Right. But to me— Where do you have Chase on your board? Remind me. It's like nine, right? Yeah, have him like eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. So you've got him like a decent click below Sewell. For most people, it's like very close, I feel like. And maybe that's where I'm coming from, too. But I'm also looking right, at yeah. it from positional value. If you Look, if the Bengals drafted Chase, okay, great. Like I said, he's a good player. He will objectively make them better. I don't think it's close. I would not be taking. I would not be taking Jamar Chase, and that's why. We got to get to the next question, though. But I'm glad that you guys asked it because I had some takes that I had to get off my chest. 
Chasley asked this one. Uh, I have a fan Friday question as it pertains to scouting, particularly as a group. Me and some of my friends like to grade players for a personal consensus board, scale 1 to 10, talks about the grading scale there. One of the guys gave Trevor Lawrence a 6 out of 10, an early second round grade, and won't move off of that. He said he's obviously Zero. he said obviously he's wrong, but it will very likely skew the consensus board away from Trevor Lawrence being a top ten pick for our group. Doing scouting communities like yours whenever it actually matters, do you guys deal with very different or how do you deal with very different opinions on players that may be so high profile, like having a second round grade on an undrafted wide receiver or something like that? So this is a question probably better suited for Kyle and Joe as they do their draft dudes podcast because they go through this exercise all the time. They have a scouting group with the two of them, with Dre, with Brentley, with Jordan, and they come together and have consensus grades amongst themselves, which they all then bring together for an overall consensus grade. So I this would probably be a better question for them because they normally do this exercise often. But for, for me and Ben, at least, you know, I don't want to speak for Ben, but anytime I get in a conversation where I see a prospect completely different than somebody else, even if it is Ben, all we want to hear is why. Like why, okay, so you have this guy much lower, much higher. Tell me what makes the big difference. What do you Mm -hmm. see on tape for them as a football player? Where is the trait? Where is the success? Where do they make a difference? And why is it valued highly? Those are the conversations that you have to have. It can't just be, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I just don't see it with him. Okay, well, you have to elaborate a little bit more than that because if everybody sees it one way and you see it another, either you're revolutionary in your thinking or maybe you need to see it a little bit differently. It's not that we want we don't want people to disagree. It, disagreeing is healthy, and I think it has great discourse and it's what makes this process a lot of fun. But when it's drastically different, then you've got to certainly be able to come to the defense of your grade in some sort of measurement, trait, something you saw on tape, whatever. So I think it just comes down to a conversation. Yeah. I think like what's in, what in, in our circles, it's like the main thing is just that the, like the stakes just really aren't that high, right? Like we're not doing this for a team. Uh, and we're, we're our large, we're, we're all largely doing this uh, because obviously there's a demand for it. We, we like doing it. We want to, talk about draft prospects. We want to tell NFL fans about upcoming college prospects. And we want that to be cool, but also uh, because we're just like interested. Like it's, it's, it's really, really fascinating to watch Trevor Lawrence in the most gimmicky RPO college offense that's ever existed. And to wonder like, why are we positive that this guy is going to be great when for other, you know, quarterbacks, this sort of offense has been a limiting factor in their evaluation. Like this, this, this entire process, it forces interesting questions that help us learn about the game. So when it's like, all right, like I just am not there on Christian Derrissaw. Nobody in my circle is like, oh, like you should stop writing now because you're bad at this. You know what I mean? It's like the stakes aren't that high, right? It's like, okay, like Trev said, why? Uh, you probably would get like bullied a little bit because that's fun. But like, you know, you you mess around, you make jokes, right? Like we were doing with Jamar and and Kenny Gainwell. We were just kind of ripping on each other. Um, But it's not like in a uh, scouting circle in a team where it's like, all right, we've got to figure out who's right here in order to make picks in order to make the team better in order to keep our jobs on and so forth. So it's like, I don't know when, when somebody I respect a lot, their eye like they have a strong opinion like when the scouting staff put baron browning super high i watched baron browning again and i was like they clearly are just really in on the athletic ability which is evident but i think that there's a lot more that he needs to get in order to have an actual like true role as a versatile you know hybrid kyle van noy whatever and they're willing to bank on the 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 projection and i'm a little bit more 
bearish on it. Like we talked about in the big board episode, different teams will have different guys ranked in different ways anyway. So why wouldn't different people value different things and 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 have different degrees of confidence? It's just part of the process and it forces interesting questions, which is why it's it's cool to have that sort of discourse and to to roll with that. Uh, next question here. I want to know how the 2018 quarterback class stacks up against the QBs coming out this year, specifically how the top of the draft would change and where you would have them on a board. So I took the five guys from 2018 and the five guys here from 2021. Man, now I want five guys. Burgers. Um, and I combined them and ranked them how I would have had them back in 2018. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not bring any kind of hindsight. We've seen them in the league. I'm trying to think of how I was with these guys going into the season where I would have had them ranked. So is that how you did it? Did you just combine the big boards? Yeah, which I think I've learned a lot in the last three years. So I look at my rankings and I'm like, ah, Josh Rosen, heck. Well, but, right, you know, I, it, right. It, I, yeah. I, I am forced to have Rosen high on this as well because I was high yeah, yeah, yeah. on him. But let's go. My Okay, so I'll just say my, my list and how highly I thought of these prospects and how confident I was in them. I have Lawrence at one. I have Zach Wilson at two. I have Josh Rosen at three. I have Baker Mayfield at four. I have Justin Fields at five. I have Lamar Jackson at six, Trey Lance seven, Sam Darnold eight, Mac Jones nine, and Josh Allen ten. I know Bills fans are going to be mega mad at me, but I was one of those people who was not super confident in Josh Allen, and he's absolutely proved me wrong. So there you go. You guys got the last lap. I also had Allen at eight, at ten. I mean, I had Allen very low. Uh, And honestly, if that exact same prospect came out again, I'd probably still have him very low. Uh, I think Allen is more so the exception that proves the rule than anything else. But uh, one for me, Trevor Lawrence, two, Justin Fields. Three, Josh Rosen. Four, Zach Wilson. Five, Trey Lance. Six, Lamar Jackson. Seven, Baker Mayfield. Eight, Sam Darnold. Uh, or, yeah, eight, Sam Darnold. Nine, Mac Jones. Ten, Josh Allen. So we were uh, relatively the same. We just had Baker different. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is I you know, people have asked this kind of similar question before. And the main difference between 2021 quarterbacks class and 2018's quarterback class is 2021 is more top heavy. 2018 was a good quarterback class. Yes. There were lots of guys who could have gone round one and everybody had, Oh, maybe this guy, maybe that guy. 2021 has five players who will go in the top 15 picks period. And most teams will agree with most of those picks. It is extremely top heavy. It is a very, very, very talented class. Joe asked this one with more wide receivers being drafted in the first round, which class of the top four wide receivers would you like to be immediately inserted into your team to replace a current receiving core? Jeremy, uh, I almost said Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> C.D. Lamb. Slightly different sport. Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and then oh, I, I assume that we would both have Justin Jefferson is here. You had Visca at the top four, which I didn't totally agree with, but I had Jefferson as the four here, which Jefferson won yeah. to rookie of the year, so I think Jefferson's probably going to be there. Or this year's Chase Waddle smith Bateman. Right, yeah. Off of my pre-draft rankings, it's really quite close. Um, but I think it would end up being this year with Chase Waddle, yeah. Smith, and Bateman. Yeah. Uh, knowing what I know now, if you gave me the four of uh, 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 Judy Ruggs, Lamb, Jefferson, I probably would be last year because I think we we got something from Jefferson that. Is, is not only very high level, but like I'm not even sure we'll get from any of the wide receivers in this upcoming class. Uh, so maybe that changes it. But off of my four rankings last year, in which I had four players just outside the top 20 was my my fourth receiver, Henry Ruggs. Uh, or excuse me, Jerry Judy. 
this year I have four receivers just inside the top 20. So it probably would be this season. I agree. I think that I'm there too. All right, so here's a very interesting one. This is going to be fun. Pasting a question from NFL Reddit, since it's a great question. If a player played a single season, went 20-0, and won the Super Bowl, and all major awards that they could win, broke all major statistical season records for their position, would they be inducted into the Hall of Fame? So to illustrate the scenario, let's call this person Bob. Bob plays QB. In fact, Bob is the most talented QB ever. Because of this, he knows that he won't be interested in playing football after one year for after beating everyone. In that one season, throws for 6,000 yards, 2,000 rushing yards, 60 passing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns, no turnovers at all, 95% completion percentage, perfect passer rating, uh, 15 any yards per play average, wins MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, team goes 17-0 and while blowing everybody out, then becomes a Super Bowl MVP, they win the Super Bowl. Bob retires because he's no longer interested in football because he's conquered it. Does Bob make the Hall of Fame? No. I, right. I say yes. The Hall of Fame. But not first ballot. Is a gate kept boys club that has dumb rules and makes no sense. 100% and, agree. And they would bristle at the idea of <laughs> some Robert entering the league, immediately <laughs> dominating in year one, and then leaving because of disinterest. Uh, the legacy argument would be made in an extremely big way. It would be used to keep Bob out, unjustly so. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I would create a whole separate Hall of Fame just for and Bob. put Bob in it and be like, this is the Hall of Fame for people who pissed off the Hall of Fame I... and we're also really good at football <laughs> and we love you, Bob. Congratulations. I think he would get in, but it would take a while. Like, it would take a long time, but I think he would eventually get in. It would take a long time because of what you said. It's a, it's a, It feels like it's a dumb process with dumb people who are who are voting on it right now who just don't take into the correct things into consideration. So I don't think that Bob would get in quickly, but I think that he would eventually have to get in. The public outcry would be too much. Michael said, rewatching the Captain America movies for Falcon and Winter Soldier, and during Civil War, we have the Sokovia Accords, which the government designed to neuter the Avengers, and we have an, the Avengers fighting each other, and Nick, F- and Nick Fury, the creator of the Avengers, is nowhere to be found. <laughs> he said, what gives? Where is he during this? I don't know. Well, yeah, so this is so this is Civil War. So this is is post Winter Soldier. It's post, you know, revelation that that shield has been massively infiltrated by Hydra. Uh, shield is in shambles and Fury is kind of just running an underground op. And like Fury was the 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 creator of the Avengers, but he also like, you know, it was it was more so out of necessity. He's not really like a dad. You know what right. I mean? He's not really he's like not a bureaucrat. Their, he's, he's not their leader anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's not their leader. Like even when uh you know, the, uh, uh, the, the, they're in the, you know, the first Avengers movie and they're in the helicarrier. Right. And they're all like bickering. He's just kind of like letting them bicker. He knows eventually this will get leveled out. You know what I mean? Like he's always been a little bit hands off. Um, so I imagine when it came to the Sokovia Accords, I, my guess is that Fury would hate the Sokovia Accords that of course. Fury is just very suspicious yeah. of government in general. Um, but I don't think Fury thought he was the leader of the Avengers such that his opinion would be like defining and right. he would then have to subsequently pick a side and then that would make it difficult for him to like you know muster the avengers later he was always just kind of like a wise old sage mm-hmm. he's never really like a, a leader so they should have called him for advice is basically the answer right i agree with you he he was not the leader especially after 
after Winter Soldier. Like he was he was pretty done. He was just around after that. He was just the guy that created it. Phil asks this next one: Avengers versus Dragon Ball Z characters. Who wins Dragon Ball Z characters? It's not even close. I'll take your word for it. Not even close. Uh, Bennett asks this one: What are three nice things that Ben can say about Drew Locke, and three nice things that Trevor can say about Roberto Aguayo, both football or non-football? Uh, we have to make up for all of the negative energy. Okay. Um, Firstly, this is a very non-negative energy podcast, unless it's for one another, in which case that's allowed. Uh, Roberto right? Aguayo has a wonderful smile. Um, he also has good hair. I felt like he had good hair. Even when the helmet was on, he could nah, take the helmet that, off and he could have good hair. That's one of mine for Drew Locke, so think of another one. And uh, wait, did you just tell me to think of another one? Because I went first. So why don't yep. you think of another one? You're the one That's who's got to try to make something up for Drew Locke, who you hate. I don't hate Drew Locke. Um, last pick here. Uh, good taste in numbers. We're a good number at Florida State. We're a good number with the Bucks. He also had good cleats. I always felt like he had good cleats too. So those are yeah. That's that's what we're going with for Roberto Aguayo. Uh, Drew Locke. The the video of him uh, rap lip syncing is funny. Uh, he has good hair. He pissed off. Why don't Tom you think Herman? of another one? Nope. He pissed off Tom Herman once. <laughs> Can't do and it. I like when he did that because I don't like Tom Herman. Oh, here's a bonus fourth one. Uh, we saw him in the streets of Nashville taking photos of Broncos fans after he was picked, and he seemed friendly. Wow. Great. That's good. There you go. Uh, all the positive energy is still here for the podcast. Always jo- has been. Joe at work said this statement. The name McCorkle is Gaelic in origins, deriving from Norse mythology. Literally translates to, quote, Thor's Kettle. Question, would you rather have the nickname Mac or Thor's Kettle? I looked this up because I didn't believe it. It's it's true according to a website called angelfire.com. How I, 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 believe, angelfire. I believe everything that comes from there. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but this is the thing. Mac, the son of, uh, Kettle is a kettle, and then Thor Kettle was was uh obviously thor's kettle mm-hmm. and then like that eventually became like mac thor kettle and it kind of got reduced and mutated and eventually became a corkle uh would i rather be called mac or thor's kettle by a mile thor's kettle are you kidding me thor's kettle's heating up baby like this <laughs> yeah that's a good point Jonathan calls it wouldn't be a problem okay so peter asks his next one would you rather be a reverse mermaid or a reverse centaur Okay, A, I definitely did not see this one. B, head of a dolphin, body of a person, or head of a horse, body of a person? I think it's just like half the body. Like, upper half is the creature. Right, half, yeah. Um, Horse, because then I can still breathe. But, right, oh, man, that's, that, so- was my, that was my answer. I, I was like, so- I'm going to die. Right, but also, like, if it's head of a dolphin or whatever, some fish, uh you're in the water and you're you got to be in the water and you're trying to swim fast enough to survive but you only have little feeble human legs you're so freaking slow yeah it's got to be the horse i mean yeah 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 it's got to be the horse you're right you're right you're right would you rather have penny Sewell, but he's five foot seven same arm length wait he has the same arm length or like five foot seven arm length no i think that it's it's penny Sewell, same arm length he has now but he's five foot seven yeah or whoever qb2 is at five foot five so would you rather have a short but lanky Penny Sewell or one Kyler Murray? Short, lanky, uh, uh, <laughs> one Kyler Murray. I was like, how did that not hit? I'm like, how did that joke I, not hit? And I was like, I was just going, and I was like, oh, shoot, he said Kyler Murray. Kyler's not 5'5". Five five. That's mean, which means it's funny. Um, 
it was it's Penny Sewell. Low man wins. Which, by the way, I don't oh, know if you've course, watched Godzilla yeah. vs Kong yet, but guess what? Low man won. Oh my god! No, I haven't seen it yet. Don't ruin the movie for me. I haven't seen it either. I. Oh what? You haven't even seen it? Nope. But low man wins. You don't Let's even know if the low man. man wins. Also, Godzilla can get lower. You don't. This is the part you don't understand. He doesn't have knees, Trevor. No, it's okay. Look, all right. Picture, do this for me right now. Picture Godzilla like standing up, like like he normally is standing. Okay, because Godzilla also can't get on fours. That's not possible. Okay, now picture him falling forward and getting on all fours. Okay. 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 Think of the thickness that this man has in the lower half to get off the ball, and how low he would be with his shorter arms. He can't. Can't get off the ball. He can't fire out from the the shoot because he doesn't have knees, Trevor. He doesn't have joints. Does Godzilla have knees? Googling this right now. The impossible anatomy of Godzilla. (laughs) This this, This is what I'm saying. This is now what I am. He does have knees. I'm looking at him right now, and he's got knees. It literally says the impossible anatomy of Godzilla, acknowledging that he cannot move the way he moves, structured as he is structured. I'm looking at it right now, and he's got knees. Does not have knees. Okay, last question. <laughs> if the Eagles go J.C. Horn at 12, which wide receiver do you think could fall to 37? Tony, Moore, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall. Which of these are you choosing for Sirianni's offense? I think of all of those, Rondell Moore is the only one I would say is likely to be there. It certainly is possible that any of the of the other three are, but those are all fringe round one wide receivers, given what we're hearing. Uh, the Eagles wide receiver core does not have anybody talented enough right now to be like, all right, they have this role filled. But if you want to say that Jalen Rager is going to be their underneath target guy, right? He's going to be uh, uh, the the shallow cross schemed touch sort of a dude. Uh, they need a big body receiver who's going to be able to block and then is going to be able to win on vertical third routes. They'd love to get Terrace Marshall. I'm not sure that they, they get him at 37. And then as we kind of talked about with the Cincinnati position, uh, it's not a great, Outside of Marshall, it's much more so slot sort of dudes. Uh, they would like Deami Brown, though, because he really brings it as a blocker. And then also he has field stretching ability, which this front office clearly is prioritizing going back to last season. So uh, you're hoping to get Terrace Marshall or Deami Brown at 37. If not, then I think you're waiting for round, round three and you're hitting the, you know, Nico Collins, Josh Bebe, Emir Smith, Marset, Dax Milne sort of guys once we go to round three, round four. All right, there we go. That's That's everybody. That's it. That's Fan Friday. It's a wrap. No more questions. Never lost. Sorry, that was a little LeVar ball there at the end there. I just had to throw that one in. I didn't know where that one came from, but I like it. Hopefully. He just says says never lost a lot. He just, like, makes a statement, is loud, is poignant, and then says never lost. Which is, you know, I guess it's, I guess it's completely true, as is the case with this podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that one. That was a bit of a different Fan Friday format. We spent a little bit time, a little bit more time on the first question, but that was very unique, and I feel like we haven't really had a Fan Friday question that we've devoted that much time to in a while. So I wanted to make sure I get it. We got it in there because it was draft related, and we knew that you guys wouldn't totally hate it and turn off the podcast and wouldn't be listening by now, right? 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 Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. On Monday, we are starting our journey. We are starting our guest mock draft series. As I have said before at the endings of a couple of podcasts at the end of this week, what the guest mock draft is, is Ben and I will have some sort of beat reporter, team expert, 
fan, somebody who knows the team really, really well on the podcast, and we're going to go in order of the draft order. We're going to ask them all about the team, how they did in free agency, what the coaching staff is like, what they're going to target in the draft, and at the end of every episode, we will have that person make a mock draft selection for that team. We'll keep the record of it. We'll update it for you guys to see every time that we get a new pick, and we're going to be going through the entire first round. That's going to take up the next couple of weeks, and then that's going to get us to right right to draft week. Ben and I have a lot of really great plans for you for draft week. We're going to be doing some on camera live uh podcast there's going to be all sorts of ranking predictions final mock drafts final big boards everything it's going to be an exciting month of april don't miss any of the action until monday you guys keep it locked right here on lockdown nfl draft